This is Lisa Pierce, Executive Editor of Packaging Digest, with another episode of Packaging Possibilities, a podcast that reveals what's new and what's next for packaging executives and engineers, designers, and developers. In this episode, I'll be talking with Vanessa Warner, RN. Vanessa has been a nurse since 2016, working in Atlanta, Georgia initially, and most recently as a traveling nurse. Vanessa is also my niece, and I think the world of her. She has such courage, compassion, and inner strength. I'm talking with her today because it's the second annual Sterile Packaging Day, which is a celebration of sterile packaging and the people who work in this field. Hello, beautiful. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Hello, hello. It is absolutely my pleasure to be here with you, the beautiful, young, smart editor that is my aunt. (laughs) Oh, it's such a love fest here. (laughs) (laughs) Vanessa, um, so you've been a nurse since 2016, and I guess I should have done the math in advance, but that's uh, four and two is six years now, coming up on six years now. Um, Tell us a little bit about your experience specifically working in an operating room um, and what it's like in an OR, especially your interaction that you have with sterile packaging. Um, Yep. So I've been a nurse since 2016. And in 2019, I was working at Emory University um, in Atlanta, Georgia, and had an opportunity to um, join an amazing group um, in the OR residency program where I was able to learn in all of the different specialties. So I got to do plastics, I got to do ortho, I got to do neuro, cardiovascular, general surgery. So basically any type of surgery that they were doing, I got to see and be hands-on and also have the opportunity to learn how to scrub. Um, Both things got me very familiar with all things sterile products. And on both sides of the spectrum or on both sides of the blue cloth, um, it's really important how everything is packaged from finding the items that you need um, before a case to make sure that you're as prepared as possible. And then being actually at the table and, and scrubbing with the surgeons and stuff, being able to have identified, you know, the, the items and the products that you're using, um, you know, when you're getting them is very important, especially in, you know, kind of those minute to minute, uh, second to second scenarios when things are important. Um, so yeah, uh, the packaging of those products, the, the placement and, and how they are identified and labeled, it, it makes a big difference in the real world and and the actual patient outcomes. Okay. And if I understand you correctly, you were mostly on the receiving end of the, uh, sterile products that were then presented to you, or did you do a lot of the um, package opening yourself? I mostly was the circulator that was opening the packages, but wow. uh, it was really, the program was really great that I was in where they would let us be on the receiving end of it. So um, most of the time I was the one opening the packages, trying to find the packages. Um, so I got to see both sides of it, but certainly the one opening it um, 
makes a difference when you know how to open it and when it opens nicely. (laughs) Yes, it does. And um, the folks who are in the industry try really hard to make it as easy as possible for you to do that. But obviously still safeguarding the uh, sterility of the the contents inside. Um, So very interesting. I guess I just assumed that you were on the receiving end instead of the uh, circulating end. So that's wonderful. Okay. So um, you have that experience, but um, tell us please about when you were in New York City uh, two years ago during the height of COVID-19 in 2020. Um, What was that like and what were you doing there? Um, It was the best, most terrifying experience of my life. (laughs) Um, And I was doing my best to keep my head above water to save as many people as we possibly could. Um, It was the peak of the pandemic. Um, It was at the very beginning when very little was known. Um, and it was scary, but it was probably one of the best experiences of my life and also the biggest learning experience of my life. Okay. And I know how tough that was for you. Um, so proud of what you did there and also, um, for the listeners here, Vanessa was interviewed by Dr. Oz um, for her efforts in just um, trying to keep up the morale for the the healthcare workers that were there. There were a lot of people who donated many of the items that were needed, uh, snack food. And do you want to just talk just really quickly about what, what that was all about, how you were able to do all that and what you received? Sure. It's it's probably part of one of the best parts of my experiences up there. In a really dark time, we did need just little boosts, um, whether it was from a snack in your pocket or whether it was from just receiving really great messages. Um, And it started just kind of as a desperate Facebook post to just my friends and family to say, you know, hey, send me positive vibes. Or if you have extra masks or reading glasses for patients, just all of the items that nurses kind of needed quickly. Um, We didn't have time to to go to stores or to, you know, get stuff sent to us. Um, And and then the Quite frankly, at that time too, Vanessa, a lot of the items were not available in stores. Yeah. So um, you did rely on a... um, products coming to you, being shipped to you from all over. Yeah. Um, and it turned into, you know, just, I didn't really know what it was going to turn into, but a local radio station that, um, I used to play their like trivia every morning. I would call in on my way to work actually to the OR and play their trivia thing. Um, they got a hold of me and they said, you know, what can we do? What can we send? How can we help? And that just kind of got the ball rolling that eventually I started getting donations and and letters and banners and um, just so much positive energy and amazing love from all over the country, um, even other parts of the world, too. So it was in a really difficult, dark time to be able to help my other nurses and to be able to 
help the families of the patients to help the patients. That was probably like the brightest spot that I had. And, and it was really just kind of on a fluke. I never intended it to, to get bigger. And as it gained momentum, the more and more help that we got. And it was, it was really nice. It was really inspiring to see that there's good in, in a really bad situation. I was, it was really heartwarming. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And you did an awesome job on the interview with uh, Dr. Oz, too. I was so proud of you. Um, so in your job, and you are still a nurse, a traveling nurse, back in Atlanta at this point, but still considered a traveling nurse. Um, I have come full circle. <laughs> yes, you have. So you're using products that are um, packaged in sterile packaging all the time, right? Um, can you give us just a, an example of some of the products that you use on a regular basis? Um, specific to sterile products, I mean, every day um, I put in a Foley catheter, which we know um, we don't want to lead to any other infections. And so that's a, a huge product that we use very regularly um, to just make sure that we don't have bigger issues for the patients as far as skin breakdown from, um, you know, urine or anything like that. Um, but the process of making sure it's sterile is a really important thing. And kind of, um, I think sometimes gets overlooked a lot of the times is that, you know, we don't want to be trying to help somebody and hurting them and, um, doing it sterile and making sure that, you know, you follow those procedures and stuff like that. That's an everyday thing that we do, um, especially during COVID. And now that I'm on a cardiovascular floor, central lines are a big deal. So central line kits, um, making sure you've got guide wires and stuff like that, that just don't go flailing around and making sure that the packaging before, you know, we get to that opening part has kind of set you up for success. Um, you don't want to fail when you're doing an invasive procedure. You don't want to um, risk, you know, having any complications with your sterile field when you're working. So the packaging and, and how we set ourselves up for success really do have a big impact on the the direct patient care um, and what the outcomes could be. So those are okay. those are the two that come to mind. Okay, excellent. And I would imagine that a visual indication of a um, uh, I don't even know. I I would I would say pristine package, but uh, you know just to make sure that the package is still sterile. Um, that obviously is something that you do uh, when you're doing the opening. Did you have formal training for that? I I'm assuming it was on the job, but a formal uh, training system. Um. So as I started as an RN, you know. Sterility is definitely taught to you, but in the OR is where it became a concrete thing. I mean, um, especially for, you know, we get the different cases with um, whatever instruments you're going to use and they're, they've been autoclaved and everything like that. I mean, we are thoroughly, thoroughly checking um, just, you know, the blue um, materials that they wrap those in. I mean, we look at the tape because the tape has an indicator on it for if it's actually met the heat requirements. Um, you know, you check for holes and everything. You are just constantly vigilant about making sure that everything that you're about to use is completely sterile. And if there's ever anything in question, it's just automatically dirty. So I think that's probably where my hypervigilance for sterility really got 
deeply enforced was when I was in the OR because it's, you just, you can't take even the smallest risk. Like you are already doing something invasive and something, um, you know, that could potentially be life-threatening and to do all of that and then to have an infection, you take it very seriously. So, um, yeah, we're, we're constantly vigilant about checking things. And now, you know, kind of at the bedside, I'm, I'm still hypervigilant about it. I actually had an experience this last week at my brand new contract where somebody asked me to help them with the Foley and they broke sterile field. And I was like, we got to start over. (laughs) And, you know, I can see sometimes where people think that it's, it's not important, but if that was your mom, if that was your sister, if if it's someone you care about, you, you do the right thing every time and packaging makes a difference. And your experience and the order of the experience that you had where you had that um, uh, OR time, you know, the time in the OR up front, as you say, has helped that issue of uh, maintaining sterility top of mind for you. So um, kudos to you for that. Before we hear more stories from Vanessa, let's take just a short break for a special message. Lisa Pierce here, executive editor of Packaging Digest. Have you heard? Southpack is back. After a break of seven years, the 2022 event will take place this year, June 14th through the 16th, at the Charlotte Convention Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Owned and organized by Informa Markets Engineering, the parent company of Packaging Digest, Southpack will be one of six co-located shows at the all-new IM Engineering South Advanced Design and Manufacturing Expo. Sign up today at imengineeringsouth.com. That's imengineeringsouth.com. Now let's get back to our Packaging Possibilities podcast. Okay, Vanessa, um, can you think of a time when sterile packaging helped you save a life and how? We did a lot of central lines um, in New York, especially. So um, during, during COVID, you mean? During COVID, um, I mean, during all of COVID, but New York especially was um, kind of out of the OR realm where I saw a lot of very emergent procedures happening and especially those central lines when we just we couldn't get the peripherals and stuff into people and it was a very quick expedited process of you know either putting in central lines or getting people intubated and stuff and when everything is in chaos and you have to focus on I need these four five six supplies whatever it is that you need to be able to successfully um put in a central line making sure that the packaging is bold, is direct, I can find it quickly. Those few seconds, they can matter. If I'm missing something that, you know, if it was supposed to come as a set and it wasn't clearly identified on the package that everything was included in it, that that can make or break, um, you know, an outcome for a patient. So 
clearly identifying if you have, you know, package sets for, in this particular case, for the central lines, making sure that everything's in it and that it's identified before I open it, that everything's in it. And then just, if you want to use color coding, um, if you want to use, uh, I especially really like it when there's packaging where it's on like the border of the um, products because the way that we use our supply rooms is they're often stacked. You don't see the front mm-hmm. label of things. So if I could identify, okay, this package is the green and white one. If this is the the pink and white one, um, those things, those few seconds, you know, when you're running out of a room and then running back in and I can identify something quickly, those are really good indicators for me. So from, from the, you know, on the front lines kind of perspective, if in the OR too is, you know, if you're in the case and you thought you brought everything, but in the middle of it, the, you know, the surgeon's calling out for whatever the item is, give me something that's bold and identifying, but also something that's not going to conflict with, you know, 400 other items that are exactly the same. Sure. So, you know, checkering, um, just like t- patterns and stuff like that on packages and, and border, um, border identifiers as they sit stacked in, in cases and stuff are really helpful. Okay, great. Um, so speed and safety are two main advantages that packaging when it's well-designed can really help when it truly is life and death situation. Okay. Um, Vanessa, as a nurse who counts on sterile products in these life and death situations, what do you have to say to the people who work in the sterile packaging industry? These are the people who make the packages, um, the people who make the products that go in them, and then the people who perform the sterilization. Um, What message do you have for them today? Thank you. And you probably don't get enough credit. As as multi-layered as the healthcare system is, you are a part of it. And thank you so much for what you do for us and for our patients. Um, and in the same token, the thoughtfulness that you put into your products, the care that you put into making sure that they're sterile, um, being thoughtful and and sensical about like the ergonomics of how you package your products, it really does make a difference. And the fact that people are starting to look for input from the people who are using the products, who are opening the products, um, it means a lot to, to, to hear that you guys are looking for our input instead of just selling a product that you're actually looking to make it functional for the people that use it. And for all of your patients that we use your products on, Um, I'll tell you thank you from them too, because it makes a difference that not having that infection in addition to all of their other disease processes, it saves lives. So you're not insignificant. Um, You matter. And we appreciate everything that you do behind the scenes. Wonderful. Vanessa, thank you so much, not not only for talking with us today and sharing your experiences and your um, your feelings about sterile packaging, but um, for everything that you do, because um, your efforts are what saves lives. So thank you for that. 
Appreciate you coming on and talking with me. My pleasure. 